What's up, everyone? This is Hannah with the Healthy Charleston Podcast. I am a physical therapist here in Charleston, and I am the new host of this podcast. This podcast is meant to give you the correct health and fitness information, along with spreading awareness of all of the different health and fitness professionals here in Charleston. I love being able to use this podcast as a way to meet all of those around me that are trying to make the world a better place. And my mission as a PT is to educate people and to empower them to take ownership and control of their health. This is season three of the podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Healthy Charleston. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the show. You. Thanks so much for listening to the show. This podcast is sponsored by Made to Move Physical Therapy, and we believe that movement is medicine. If you have been dealing with pain that's preventing you from doing what you love, and if you're looking for a healthcare provider to help you meet your goals, then go to madetomovept.com slash contact us. That two is the number two. Fill out the form and reference the Healthy Charleston podcast. Listeners get 10% off their first session. On this episode, I am talking with Ashley, the head coach of Clarity Nutrition, and we are talking all about sustainable, enjoyable nutrition. Ashley's philosophy is one of abundance, not restriction, and we dive into her story, her approach to nutrition, and how she helps her clients meet their goals and have food freedom. We live in a world where we're taught to be afraid of food, with stories of dieting happening as early as 12 years old or younger and thinking that the way that we're feeling is totally normal. But Ashley helps her clients break free from that white noise. So we talk about how food is so much more than fuel, the biggest game changers in nutrition habits, Ashley's advice for anyone struggling to lose weight or look or feel the way that they want to, and of course, we talk about puppies and crumble cookies. I love Clarity Nutrition's message, and I can't wait to share it with you. Welcome back, everyone, to the Healthy Charleston Podcast. Really excited for today's episode. I have with me Ashley Brim, the head coach of Clarity Nutrition. Welcome, Ashley. Hi, Hannah. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to learn and to talk. We have a lot of things to talk about. Absolutely. So we got to get going. So first off, I just want to know, like, what does your role entail as head coach of Clarity Nutrition? What does that even mean? So as the head coach at Clarity Nutrition, Claire, Mason, and I all work together um, to build nutrition plans for our clients, Um, whether that be like one-on-one individualized plans. We also do like diet audit calls for people who aren't quite ready for um, one-on-one coaching, but for the most part, um, I'm working one-on-one with nutrition clients. The diet audit, that sounds great. I'm like, I'm going to do that myself. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a great option. Like, if you aren't quite ready for the commitment of one-on-one coaching, but you need some, like, insight as to if what you're doing currently is working Mm -hmm. or if you want, like, one of our inputs as far as what you might do in order to help, like, reach your goals. Yeah. So. What does the commitment look like of one-on-one coaching? So, for us, um, we definitely love building relationships with our clients. So, we kind of take pride in that at Clarity. Um, We work one-on-one with clients, whether that be through, like, weekly accountability with check-ins, email check-ins, 
FaceTime check-ins, Google Meets calls, phone Zoom calls, calls, all yeah. of the, the webinars. Exactly. Days, yeah. yeah. So um, we love to talk to our clients one-on-one at least once a week, but sometimes that's communicating with them via text daily. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's via email daily. We're just kind of there whenever they need us. So you're like a nutrition shaman. Pretty much. Like exactly. I are, like you just always have a, a little nutrition coach like in your back pocket, like yes. there to help. Exactly. That's pretty cool. Yeah, we're definitely like in your corner and there to help whenever you need and just like give you the extra accountability, which is a piece of the puzzle that a lot of people feel like they're missing with their nutrition. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of people kind of say like, you know, I know what I should be doing, but like I'm just not doing it. Exactly. Yeah. No. And I think there's so much white noise on social Mm -hmm. media, like all of the shoulds, what we should be doing. So we're kind of there to help people weed out what the shoulds they should be doing are and what shoulds work best for them too. What do most people come to you for? Like what's the biggest struggle or goal that people are looking for? So a lot of incoming clients that we get, ultimately they have a goal of, weight loss, fat loss, or just like some kind of body recomposition. Um, We also have clients that come to us that are just looking to feel better overall, um, improve their performance in the gym, um, anything and all the above. But nine times out of 10, it's seeking some type of body recomposition. Got it. So can you tell me about like how this all started for you? Like what's the backstory to you becoming head coach of Clarity? Yeah, so I actually grew up riding horses and, like, competing. And as far as, like, how I got into nutrition goes, that's where the story Mm -hmm. starts. So in the horse world, the The horse world, the the division that I was riding in or just, like, the area of competition I was competing in, we are supposed to be small. Like, Mm -hmm. the ideal body type is slim, skinny, like, stick legs – very like long torso and that was never me so I was always told like you need to skip lunch like if you want to fit into your riding clothes better or like if you want to place first you need to like not eat basically so from a very young age like I was actively dieting and like on my fitness pal like tracking calories like, like how young are we talking like 12 13 yeah years old where yeah. were you at this time you so know? i was in irmo south okay. carolina yeah, I'm from, I was irmo. Like, from south carolina yes okay yes and um yeah so just like logging in my fitness pal from a really young age um i did get like pretty skinny like pretty lean um but i always would feel like crap I didn't really perform well in the sport riding that I was in um, and just always kind of going back and forth between like restriction, binging, restriction, binging. Um, so like fast forward to starting CrossFit, I was still riding and I actually started CrossFit to get better at riding, <laughs> but here we are not really riding, just doing, just doing CrossFit. When did you start CrossFit? Um, back in summer of 2017. Okay. So I was already in California at this Mm -hmm. point. Um, and then when I started CrossFit, that's when I learned about paleo. Oh, here we go. Yes. Mm -hmm. The paleo diet, which is like fruits, veggies, like nuts, Nuts seeds, seeds. (laughs) uh, lean protein, no sugar, basically. 
Um, so I was like, oh, this is what like I should be doing. I can eat however much I want, but like this is what I should be eating. So I kind of went all in on that. I kind of say I was like intermittent faster plus paleo. So just like restriction. Yes. Deficit. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So when I started CrossFit, I was all in on intermittent fasting, paleo, um, Yes, like, I saw gains, like, pretty quickly just because I didn't have a lifting background or any kind of experience there, Um, but I felt like crap all the time. I hit plateaus and couldn't really get past that. Basically, I was probably eating anywhere from, like, thirteen to 1,600 calories a day. Oh, my gosh. But I was working out maybe, like, two to four hours a day. Really? Um, Coaching on top of that. Yeah. So I was like all in. I was like, I'm going to be a games athlete. Like this is what I'm going to do. But like just had a very disordered relationship with food as to like how my nutrition was going to get me there. If Mm -hmm. that makes sense. And like Mm -hmm. I was very lean, like got down to like 12, 13% body fat, but like hated the way Mm -hmm. I performed in the gym. Yeah. And like even looking that lean and looking at myself in the mirror, I still wasn't like happy. If that makes sense. You got to the number that you thought you'd be happy at and you weren't happy with it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So flash forward again to 2018, um, Claire, when I met Claire, so Langley and I would travel from California to Charleston every December to just visit family. Please tell me you flew. We flew. Okay. No driving. Well, you oh, had no. dogs, so I wasn't sure. We would just have someone watch the dogs. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. So we'd fly to Charleston for like a week, spend time with family, and like the first thing you do, I'm sure you and Elliot too, whenever you travel, you're like looking up a CrossFit gym. Where's the CrossFit gym in the area? So we found Pale Horse actually. Oh, yeah. Because um, it was really close to Langley's family downtown. Mm. And that's when I met Claire. She had just started Clarity in May of that year. So it was still pretty new. But I saw her and, like, kind of what she was doing, followed her on social media. Mm -hmm. And I was like, she's made a career out of this. Mm -hmm. Nutrition something that I've always been interested in and just, like, how it can affect my performance in the gym. So, like, I'm going to implement some of the things that she's talking about to see – if that works yeah and just by following her on social media and like listening to her message and the education that she provided on social media um that's when I started really seeing like improvements in my performance so I was eating a lot more obviously feeling a lot better um and yeah then the following year she and I kind of met up and chatted a little bit um I got some insight and that's how our relationship started yeah like, how hard was it for you to just, like, take what she said and just do it and, like, trust her? Um, I would say it was hard, but I was also in a really desperate place, right? So, like, I was coming from a place where I was doing things my way and it wasn't working. And I just wanted, at the end of the day, to be a better athlete, to, like, feel better So even though it was really scary to eat more food and, like, trust what she was saying, I was like, well, I mean, like, worst case scenario, I try it and then things are still the same. So Mm -hmm. I might as well just give it a go. So you knew at that point, like, you needed to change something. Absolutely. Because I think that's sometimes probably the hardest part is, like, 
when when you see someone who like you think they need to make these changes based on their complaints but they don't see it mm-hmm. like those are probably not the people coming to nutrition coaching because they're just not there yet like normally you know i feel like if someone like if someone came to me and they're just like yeah like i don't really have any pain or anything and they're just like telling me all these things like there's no need for them to change as soon as someone thinks oh i need physical therapy Oh, I need nutrition coaching. But you kind of have to, like, get there. When, like, I'm sure most of the population, like, needs help with their nutrition. Right. What makes someone realize they need help with their nutrition? I think when they just get tired of feeling the way that they feel or, like, when they don't see the improvements that they want or if they're continuously, like, trying things that aren't working. So, like, fad diet mm-hmm. hopping, continuously, like, yo-yo dieting. So, on a diet, gain the weight back. Mm-hmm. Lose the weight, gain the weight back. Yeah. So, like, ironically, those people have to, like, go through the ringer with their nutrition before they, like, hire an expert to help them with their nutrition. Unfortunately, yeah. yes. Yeah. I'm glad it's the same for you. And nutrition is, is like, for us in PT, like... It's not normally the first step. It's normally, like, unfortunately, the last resort. Well, and I think, too, for a lot of people, it's like they don't understand the value, maybe, like, from a PT's perspective, too, like, the value of PT or, like, the value of nutrition coaching until Mm -hmm. they get to that really vulnerable place. Um, Because, I mean, like, that's what happens a lot of time when we get incoming clients. Like you said, they're in a vulnerable place. They're... They've tried so many things, nothing's working for them, and they're just desperate for something that's going to work. What do you feel like are all the things that you tried? (laughs) Um, (laughs) I could write a whole list of things, but just like from like calorie counting, Mm -hmm. like being really restrictive with my calories, um, cutting out carbs, intermittent fasting, paleo, like everything under the sun. Yeah. But... And it still, to this day, is, like, a struggle for me. But being able to find the balance between, you know, like, eating the things that I know I want, but then also, like, giving myself the space to be really flexible and, like, Mm -hmm. have opportunities to, like, go out to eat with my friends. Because that was something when I was doing CrossFit and I – or still doing CrossFit, but when I was, like, very focused on performance, like – I never allowed myself to go out to eat because Mm -hmm. it would not fit in my macros or it would affect my performance in the gym the following day. So I missed out on a lot of experiences as like a young adult teenager Mm -hmm. in doing that. Were you like a, I'm going to bring my meal prep to the restaurant person? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I would bring it in the car, eat it in the car and then go into the restaurant and just sit there with them. So have you been there? No, actually. Um, I, like, I remember in my, I almost feel like it might be, like, a necessary part. Like, you kind of have to swing the pendulum to figure out where middle is. Yeah. Because I remember that urge. Like, I was uh, in a similar place where I was like, I'm just not getting better. I'm hungry all the time. Like, I don't know what to do, but I've seen all this stuff. And so I started, like, I called my coach, my first coach in Columbia, and I was like, what do I do? And he was like, here's how you start. And I remember, like, meticulously tracking everything Mm -hmm. and getting so frustrated that my Friday night meal, I was like, I can't even track on Friday. It's pointless because I don't know what I'm going to eat Friday night. Like I was like, I'm just going to eat in. And then I was like, wait, I, I think I'm missing the point. Um, 
but I, I, I've talked to a lot of people that definitely like have been in that place and they have to kind of realize like maybe the, the pendulum needs to, to swing a little bit. Yeah. And I like that analogy, kind of the pendulum and kind of what we work with clients on is figuring out like, what's the happy medium there with the pendulum. So like kind of getting out of that all or nothing, like I have to track every little mm-hmm. single thing that I put in my body all the time. And then also being able to like have freedoms and include things that, you know, not going to have every single day, but things like alcohol, going out to mm-hmm. eat with friends, family, um, being able to include that and still get after your goals is something that we really work with clients on for sure. I, I think a huge part of that message is like, you can be in the middle and still make huge progress. Yes. Yes. Most people really think it's all or nothing. Yes, absolutely. And like everyone's like, oh, really gung-ho at first. Mm-hmm. Like, give me a meal plan. I want to do all the things. Yes. And we're just like, I'm going to be whoa, perfect whoa, whoa. in my tracking. Exactly. It's all my numbers are going to be zero. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, that's actually not what we want. Like, yeah. we don't want you <laughs> to be perfect. I want you to mess up. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I mean, at the end of the day, like life happens, life happens, days are always going to be there. So like, what are one to two habits that we can really Mm -hmm. focus on, on those days so that you can fall back on them when like the roof is falling off the house. Right. Yeah. Or like when you're, when you're out of town for a wedding all weekend and you really just want to be able to like enjoy the wedding and not have packed your meal prep, like Yep. That is life. Like, what are you missing out on? I love the way that you said that. What are you missing out on because you're you're 100% always focusing on eating, quote-unquote, clean or yeah. paleo or, like, fitting your macros? Like, the, the point is not to be, like, I don't even want to say perfect because I think perfect is a different definition, but you know what I mean. Yeah. What are some of those, like, key habits that you find that really help people? It really depends on the client. So Come on. What I an know. annoying answer. It's like everything's individualized. <laughs> it depends always. <laughs> but usually, like, we encourage focusing on protein, like, some kind of habit around protein, whether that be, like, a protein target range, getting somewhere within that protein target range, or just having, like, an identifiable protein source available at each of your meals. Um, like... For example, I had a client who was on vacation last week. Um, vacation is definitely not the time to be perfect, to like track every single little thing because you're going to drive yourself crazy and you're not going to enjoy the experience. So um, I was like, for vacation, let's just focus on having a protein source at most of your meals. Mm-hmm. If you're having some type of fun meal and it doesn't have a protein source, that's okay. Yeah. But Let's focus on that and just being conscious of your protein intake in your other meals so that you still feel like you're getting after your goals, but then you can also include things and remain flexible while you're on vacation. Yeah. What are some of the things that when you like started following Claire that you really changed with your nutrition? So definitely getting out of like intermittent fasting, paleo. Um, Where did that come from? Honestly, I don't know. I know like paleo came from CrossFit and just like the messaging that CrossFit gives. But intermittent fasting, I think it was just like listening to the white noise on social media. If you want to fix your hormones and yeah, all that juicy stuff. (laughs) Um, So 
So I was like, oh, yeah, cool. Like, I want to do that. I want to fix my hormones. Yeah. So I want to do that. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, it just left me, like, super hangry and, like, hungry in the morning. And I was training in the morning, under-recovered for my Mm. afternoon session and, like, still performing like crap. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, what did you change? Oh, yeah. So, um, definitely stopped intermittent fasting. Uh, started eating more for sure. So, Claire and, like, the clarity messaging has always been, you know, figuring out, okay, what is the most amount of food we can eat while still achieving our goal? So, I think as a woman in the CrossFit space too, like I was always like seeing these, you know, badass women, Mm -hmm. um, performing like super strong, big. And I had the idea like, Oh, they're probably not eating Mm -hmm. 3000 calories a day. I see all of their abs. Like they're probably not eating that much. It's like, wait, it's probably the exact opposite. Exact opposite. Right. So I just had a very like, I misunderstood the idea that, like, what eating to perform actually looked like. So, Mm -hmm. definitely started by eating more um, and just, like, education. Like, I had no idea that I was under-eating protein. And Mm -hmm. that was one of the areas that I was lacking. I mean, I was maybe eating, like, 50 to 70 grams of protein per day. Because, I mean, when you're eating fruits, veggies and clean food all the time it's really hard to consume enough protein to support like muscle growth and Mm. seeing abs and muscles and things like that um so yeah just following claire gave me a better understanding and um education on what my nutrition was lacking so started following claire and then like all these things started really working for you Mm -hmm. how did you know Like, what did you notice? How did you know that it was working? So, I actually noticed it was working because I stopped seeing my abs. Like, I actually, like, gained a little bit of weight, Mm -hmm. but it was definitely necessary weight for Mm -hmm. me at the time. Um, And I also started gaining strength in the gym. So, I definitely broke my plateaus. Like, Mm -hmm. I was hitting PRs in the gym. I was feeling so much better. Um, And I still, like, looked healthy, like, Mm -hmm. looked strong. But I think for me, the biggest thing was just my performance started improving in the gym and I wasn't tired all the time. I was Mm -hmm. sleeping throughout the night without waking up multiple times. Um, My stress levels were like way down, which um, definitely like saw improvements in other areas of my life too. That makes me remember. Do you remember Rachel Ray Barnett? I do not. So I don't think she was... She used to also be a coach of Pill Horse. Okay. So I started at Pill Horse when Mm -hmm. I came to Charleston. I remember looking at Rachel, Ray, and Claire. And I was like, oh my gosh, these are badass women. And then I noticed they both started talking about nutrition. Yeah. And I was also at the place where, like, plateauing. I wasn't sleeping through the night. Like, waking up all the time. And it never happened to me before. And... Both of them were putting out, you know, eat more carbs, eat more fats, eat them closer to bed, eat them here. And I, I just started eating more and I was like, oh my God, I'm sleeping through the night. Like something that simple. Yeah. Why is that? So I think, I guess for us, I mean, just coming from a place of under eating, just by simply eating more, you're giving your body the opportunity to use that energy that you're bringing in to prioritize recovery because we look at if we're only eating like 1200 to 1500 calories depending on the person 
most people like for basic survival need at least like 14 to 1700 Mm -hmm. calories just to like sit on the couch and be a potato all day. So if we're under eating that, then our body's not yeah. going to use the fuel that we do have coming in for recovery, for mm-hmm. gaining muscle, for like improving performance in the gym because it wants to keep you alive, not um, help you build muscle at the end of the day. Yeah. Okay. I just read or heard something like our bodies are always going to try to help us survive. Mm -hmm. We have to go out of our way to thrive. Exactly. I love that. Yeah. I don't know who, I don't know who said that. Yes. Yeah. No, exactly. Because I mean, building muscle and like having muscles, very energy costly. Mm -hmm. So your body doesn't naturally want to put it on, keep it on, unless you're providing it with the energy that it needs in order to do so. So like when we're talking about women that have the goal of getting toned or like being toned, That's another, like, very, a concept that gets misconstrued where we're like, okay, in order to be toned, I have to eat as little as possible and, like, work out as much as possible when really it's, okay, how much can I eat to elicit this result, like, alongside a strength training program? Yeah. I really like the philosophy of how much can I eat. Like, not... Because it's so flipped. It's normally, like, how little can I eat and survive? No, like, how much can you eat? Yes. That is, like... It's just very freeing. Yeah. No, I had a... I have a client now who we just went through a cut, and she came from, like, a very restrictive CrossFit paleo-style background, and a coach that she had in the past gave her, like, a cut prescription of 1,300 calories. Mm. She said that she saw great results, but it was very unsustainable. The results didn't last because she didn't know how to reintroduce and like incorporate more food without completely binging and losing control Mm -hmm. coming from that underfed state. Well, we were just able to cut on 1,900 to 2,100 calories, Mm -hmm. and she still got great results, and the results have been maintained and sustained, too. She felt better. She was still hitting PRs in the gym and, like, felt good overall, but she wasn't eating 1,300 calories, so. Yeah, it's, like, the best of both worlds. Exactly. Like, why would you cut if then in two weeks, like, you're going to just be right back where you started, but you feel like shit, you lost two weeks of progress... And now you're probably, again, swinging in the other direction. It's just like, yeah, the yo-yo. Exactly. Well, and I think a lot of it, too, is we live in this world of instant gratification. So people want to get results as quickly as possible. So understanding and, like, educating our clients on what does a sustained and, like, quote, healthy rate of fat loss look like. It's not going to be something where you're just going to drop five pounds Mm -hmm. one week, like, we're ideally looking between like 0.5 to like two pounds per week in fat loss. That's going to be the most sustainable and like maintained pace overall for most people. So are there ever like clients that their goal is weight loss or fat loss, but your goal is not, or you're like, you kind of have to help them rethink that. Yes. A lot of the time. (laughs) And A lot of the time, too, it doesn't even take us saying that to them. They figure it out on their own. So, like, I had a client that came to me, like, when I first started nutrition coaching. 
and her goal was fat loss. Mm -hmm. Um, She wasn't a, like, large individual to begin with, um, but she also had the goal of toning up. Mm -hmm. So we talked about that. What does that mean to her? Why is that her goal? Mm -hmm. If losing body fat and being toned is her goal, like, what does that look Mm -hmm. like? And, like, how will her future self feel in that body? Mm -hmm. So just being able to kind of break down those goals and understand the client a little bit better Mm -hmm. um, after we work with them long-term and they start feeling better overall as they incorporate more food. Um, Usually, nine times out of ten, the body recomposition happens Mm -hmm. without us even actively dieting or pursuing fat loss. Mm -hmm. And they're like, wow, I feel better. I don't really, and I look better, mm-hmm. I don't really want to cut or go into a diet. Like, I don't need to. Yeah. So, that's always a freeing experience for them, for sure. Yeah. It's like the the shift that they kind of have to realize in, like, I, I come to you because I want to lose weight, but, like, they're actually coming to you to look better and feel better and, like... If you focus on, like you said, like eating enough and all those other things, like you're going to look better and feel better. Mm -hmm. If you're just focusing on losing weight, what are you doing? You're probably restricting and you're not going to look better. You're not going to feel better. No. And like, what's the point? I mean, I know this is like obviously biased, but what's the point of looking a certain way if you feel like trash and if you hate your life? Exactly. I mean, even in my experience, like, I looked the part. Like, I had the abs. I was very lean. Like, I, quote, liked what I saw when I looked in the mirror, but I felt like absolute garbage all the time. And I was like, I don't want to live in this, like, cycle of I can't go out to eat and, like, have date night with my husband because I'm scared of what that food is going to make me look like in the morning and perform like in the morning. And even just like going out to eat with my friends, I would put that off because I didn't want to change the way I looked or like how I would perform when, um, in all reality, like that's exactly what I needed at the time. Yeah. 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 And like we put so much stock in one meal. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm like one meal is never going to ruin progress or hinder progress. Like what's more important is not letting that one meal turn into like 10 meals after Mm -hmm. that. So how can we plan to the following day, you know, find balance. So Mm -hmm. prioritize a big thing that we like to teach clients and work with clients on is having one meal that you need throughout the day, mm-hmm. one meal that you're proud of, and then one meal that you want. So like mm-hmm. that one meal that you need might be something that's very protein um, dense, might be something that's going to like be a pre-workout meal, prioritize like recovery, energy levels throughout your workout. The one meal you're proud of might be like a super veggie dense, fruit dense meal, mm-hmm. um, help with recovery from your gym session. One meal that you want might be that meal out with friends or Mm -hmm. that like date night with your husband or wife. So having that balance and like finding again, that happy medium where the pendulum Mm -hmm. swings is really important. I think that's a a great segue to ask you about how you feel about the sentence that food is fuel. So food is fuel. Yes. A hundred percent. It is. That's how our bodies live, thrive. But food is also culture. It's how we relate to people. 
Um, it's how we interact with people. And I think just removing like the emotion from food, because we do have an emotional connection to our food. I mean, think about like birthday parties. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing you think of? Cake. Exactly. Or pizza. Or pizza. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that's just like a part of our culture. It's ingrained in who we are. So kind of removing that experience kind of takes away from like food. Like you should get some enjoyment out of your food mm-hmm. if just eating like bland chicken and broccoli and Boiled rice. <laughs> yeah. I like you to eat that like by choice for like every single meal. Oh, it was just so easy. Yeah. And I was like, Convenient. How do you do this? You're a robot. Yeah. 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 So I think getting out of that, like, okay, food is fuel, but like food's also culture. It's how we like have emotion, emotional connection with others. Um, is important and just again like finding that balance so how do you like practice both how do you embody both like sometimes you know food is just fuel um you know like rush lunch you're like okay I'm just eating and Mm -hmm. then like how what do you do to enjoy food good question um so yes like in like the sense where food is fuel I'm always thinking about okay I'm making sure I'm eating enough to support my needs as well as like making sure clients are eating enough to support their needs but like also getting a little bit of enjoyment out of it so kind of going back to the chicken rice broccoli Mm -hmm. example um teaching clients that that's not what all their meals have to look like even if that like makes them have a perfect day of eating like everything fits their macros whatever um if they're not enjoying the food that they're eating Mm. then it's more than likely not going to be a sustainable like long-term approach for them so like how can we create meals that fuel you but also you get enjoyment out of it and you look forward to eating those meals so what are your so what are some of your go to? This is fuel and I enjoy it. Mm, okay, um, crumble cookies. Oh my gosh, for sure. Wow, one hundred percent. Falling out my own heart. Yes, you knew my favorite. <laughs> um, okay, wait before. Yes, did you like classic pink sugar? I'm not like oh, a get pink out. sugar. Friend. Oh my god, it's my favorite, and I'm like heartbroken. So the Oreo like cookies and cream one. Okay, that's my favorite like we will buy a box of those and stick it in the freezer oh okay i haven't tried that yet yes and it lasts it helps yeah it makes you like have to thaw it um stick in the oven like 350 for maybe five like seven minutes so we're buying in bulk here yes buy it in bulk if you like a flavor (laughs) you guys heard it first here crumble cookies (laughs) yes crumble cookies i'm also a huge oatmeal lover especially Mm. right now overnight oats the cold oats Mm. not the type person that can eat like super hot meals Mm. um during the summertime so cold um overnight oats definitely i get a lot of enjoyment out of that really why Mm -hmm. So it just I sound good to me. I put all the toppings okay. on though. So like I'm like strawberries, raspberries, honey, granola, chia seeds, a little bit of brown sugar. I like it really sweet. Okay. So that does sound good. Yeah. Delish. It's just like it sounds like a lot of work. Yes and no. It's as okay. much work as you want to make it. So okay. I'll like prep it overnight. So like a little bit of oats, maybe half a cup of oats, mm-hmm. a whole cup, depending on like how much um, training I have the following day. Chia seeds, soak it in some milk, stick it in the fridge, done. And then when I'm ready to eat it, add the toppings. Okay. Okay. I'm still like, 
open the bag of oatmeal, pour it in the bowl, fill the bag up with water, pour it in the bowl. Bowl goes in the microwave for two minutes while I scurry around my house. Uh-huh. And then I wait for it because it's so hot. So I have to like wait seven to ten minutes. For it to cool off, right? And then I just like scarf it down. <sighs> See, I'm not a hot oatmeal person. Can't okay. do it. Can't do it. It has to be cold. Yeah. In the summer, it's it's tough out here for yes. sure. Yeah. So crumble cookies and oatmeal. Yep. Those Got are it. my go-tos. That's it. Yep. <laughs> Every day. Yes. What do you, like, how do you approach, like, I know some of the times you're, like, coaching or you're training or you're going home to work with clients. Like, how do you approach lunch? So lunch for me a lot of the time, and this is something that we work with clients on too, it doesn't have to look like this super, like, well thought out, put together meal. Mm -hmm. So, like, for me sometimes lunch looks like a bagel, a yogurt cup. And a banana. That's like literally a, what I ate on the way here. Like, um, <laughs> like in your lunch bag. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm like, that's the most convenient thing yeah. for me right now. And I mean, I'm getting, like, I'm checking a lot of boxes there, right? Like, I'm getting some micronutrients with the banana, carbs and fat with the bagel, some enjoyment with the bagel, because mm-hmm. who doesn't love a good bagel? Wait, is it like a raw bagel? Oh, I toasted it before. Oh, okay. I, can't, okay. I, I, I can't eat raw bagels it. all the time. What? Because it's just so easy. And I'm just okay. like on the way to the gym and I have like a bagel in my mouth and it's really easy to like eat it like an apple, but it's a bagel. Oh, see, mine has to be toasted. I like the crunch. I like the crunch. Oh, no. No I crunch. crunch. I love okay, the crunch. That's, that's yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then I mean yogurt, like very protein dense, micronutrient dense too. Yeah. So, and again, like meals don't have to look like these perfectly like well-balanced thought out like my big salad with chicken breast and chickpeas and veggies and things like that if it does great some meals are going to look like that but not every single meal has to look like that in order for you to achieve your goals that would be like the one that I'd be proud of yeah like I like that way of thinking about it like that way you still get in like what you need you have it's always nice like I feel like the most put together human when I eat a salad with like a lot of things on it. I'm mm-hmm. like, I had the time to put all this stuff in a bowl and mix it up and eat it. And I actually ate it. I just, you feel good. I don't yeah. know why. Yeah. You just like, maybe, I think we've probably been ingrained to like think salads are healthy. Um, and they can be, obviously, but like, I ate a salad last night, but I put my turkey breast in it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, I am amazing. Good yeah. Day. See, and that's the meal that you're proud of for yeah, the day. Yeah, definitely. So. Well, and you just like, Sometimes I don't like just eating, like, my side of broccoli. Mm-hmm. So this way I put, like, so many vegetables in it, and it's, like, it was so much better. Yeah. No, and that's another thing, too, is, like, if there are meals where, like, you can load up on veggies mm. at, like, we encourage clients to do so. Like, maybe breakfast and lunch look like that bagel um, yogurt cup banana, mm-hmm. but then at dinner, they're able to prioritize that meal that they're really proud of. So like mm-hmm. that big old salad with all the fixings. So mm-hmm. dressing, chicken, salmon, whatever it is, sunflower right? seeds, yeah, you just whatever. Really <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so how did you start working, um, with clarity? <laughs> so <laughs> yes. So when Claire and I met in 2019, I went up to her at Pale Horse. I was so nervous. I don't know. You know Claire. She, she might hate me for saying this, but I was very intimidated yeah, by her I used at to be first. also. Yes. Um, she's great. i very, like, low-key. Very yeah. goofy person. Not intimidating once you know her. Exactly. So, yeah. so, was, like, super nervous. Walked up to her and was like, hey, can I buy you a cup of coffee and just, like, can we sit down and talk nutrition? Like, 
I love what you do. I love your brand. And I just kind of want to get to know you and how you got started. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, absolutely. Like, let's go. Yeah. So she and I met. Claire um, likes to talk? Wow. I know. <laughs> I know. So I brought my little notebook. Yeah. Bought her a cup of coffee. Um, and yeah, she's kind of gave me some advice for like, if I were ever interested in like starting a nutrition coaching company, Mm. gave me some like certification courses to look into kind of like how she got started, Mm -hmm. where she started, um, and just gave me the opportunity to ask questions, which was huge for me. So took all of that information. Um, I was still uh, in college at the time. Mm-hmm. I did uh, Charleston Southern's online program mm-hmm. while I was still out in California. Oh, wow. yeah. um, so back in October of 2020, um, I was about to graduate, had no idea what I wanted to do. I was like, I really want to do this nutrition thing. I don't know if I'm ready to start a business. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm in the place. My Husband was about to deploy, and we just had a lot on our plate. So St. Clair a message. I was like, hey, I finished my precision nutrition level one. Um, I don't know if you would be interested in, like, a mentorship, internship, um, maybe, like, a job opportunity in the future, but I want to learn from you because I love what you do. I love your messaging. Um, And she was like, absolutely, let's do it. So she and I got on a FaceTime call talked through it, um, and funny enough, someone else had actually, Emily, had reached out yeah. to her the same week, too, and asked about the same thing, a job opportunity, internship. So she and I started training with Claire. We worked mm-hmm. um, with her October, November, December, and then I started taking on clients in January of 2021. So that's when really hit the ground running with coaching and clients and things like that. What was your first client like? I had two. Um, actually the, one of them, she was a joy. Um, she just like ventured out on her own. So she worked with me for about a year and like seven months. Yeah. Um, but she was one actually that was like, I want to tone up, lose weight. Yeah. Um, all the things, gain muscle, like everything all at once. Oh gosh. And I was like, let's break it down. Like you're a shift worker. She was a nurse. Oh, okay. Um, didn't really have an established gym routine. Uh, she's Filipino, so she wanted to eat, like, traditional Filipino foods with her family, um, but, like, had these really big goals. So I was like, Mm -hmm. let's figure out how we can still incorporate that, get after your gym routine when and where you can and establish that, um, and then let the chips fall where they may. No pun intended. Yeah, exactly. I think, like, just... Listening to what you just said and just like pausing on that for a second, yeah. You like you knew her, you got to know her so well, and you listened to her so well. Like, you knew she was a nurse, you knew she was Filipino, like, all of those things make up someone and who they are. It's not just like you're a robot and you need to be eating these calories. It was like, I just love the way that you were able to like incorporate her goals, but also her culture and her job and just her life, yeah. And that's why it was so sustainable for her and enjoyable. Absolutely. Yeah. And kind of going back to what I was saying before is like at Clarity, we really prioritize like building relationships with our clients first and foremost. Like that's always going to come before the set of macros, set of calories. Like we genuinely care about how they're doing, like what's going on in their life because all of that plays into Mm -hmm. any adjustments that we're going to make to their plan or like they're having a really stressful week. Maybe 
their spouse lost their job, Mm -hmm. their kids are sick, um, maybe they're going on vacation, we will take that into account and be like, hey, let's back off this week. Maybe Mm -hmm. let's not focus on tracking. Let's just focus on getting three meals in -hmm. per day. Maybe that's all that you have the mental capacity for right now. Um, because again, if we don't know all of that and what's going on, like behind closed doors, we can't make those adjustments and help them reach their goals. So yeah, at that point you would just be like the, the Google meal plan. Exactly. That just never works. Or like the tracking app that just spits Mm -hmm. out a bunch of numbers. Oh, the tracking app. Yeah. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on the, on the tracking app on MyFitnessPal? So I think the app is great if it's used properly, right? So a lot of the times, like, or all the time, the algorithm is going to spit out to you numbers that you're, like, inputting in it. So, like, for example, let's say, like, you put your age, weight, height, Mm -hmm. etc., and then you put, I want to lose X amount of pounds Mm -hmm. in this amount of time. So it's going to give you a prescription to get you there, ideally, quote, mm-hmm. quote, but it's going to be super unsustainable going back to like the whole people want to achieve their goals as quickly as possible. So they might say, I want to lose 50 pounds in five weeks. Oh my God. So it's going to get you there if you yeah. follow it correctly because it's a it's an algorithm. It's not a human being. It doesn't understand like mm. this person's a shift worker. This person has three kids. This person, like, has an extensive, like, work routine. Mm -hmm. This prescription is not going to be sustainable for them Mm -hmm. long term. So I think the apps, again, if used properly, have some merit to it. But, like, a lot of us don't have the education as to what, like, a sustainable rate of weight loss looks like. Or, like, how to get there. Or how to get there. Oh, my fitness pal told me to eat 1,100 calories. Exactly. Exactly. Is there not a minimum amount of calories that, like, MyFitnessPal will allow? I actually don't know the like, answer really, to that. Really I feel tell like probably you to not. eat 600 calories a day? I bet if you gave it, like, the information yeah. for you, like, needed to get to, like, a certain weight in a certain amount of time, and that's what it took, it would give yeah. it to you. Yeah. yeah that would yeah, that'd be ridiculous. So, like, so many people are like, oh, yeah, like, I have to eat this much because that's what my app says. Right. What do you, how do you approach that with clients? So a lot of the time it's very education based. So like Mm -hmm. educating them on what the bare minimum of calories their body needs to like not only survive, but thrive, right? survive and be a couch potato. You need this much. They're like, what? Exactly. Right. And I mean like all calculations are going to be not 100% accurate, but they get a general idea like, oh, this 1200 calorie prescription that my fitness pal is giving me. Um, is going to be less than what my body needs to just, quote, survive, right? So educating them on that and getting them to the point where, okay, so like you're eating 1,400 calories right now. If we were to enter into a fat loss phase Mm -hmm. and if I were to cut your calories down to 1,100 calories or whatever you would need to cut, you would be binging. Mm -hmm. Maybe that would be not reporting that or you would be reporting it and at the end of the week your calories would be over that amount anyway we'd be out of the deficit or you would just feel really miserable Mm -hmm. so teaching clients that when they come to us under eating Mm -hmm. we're building their calories up we're putting the work in on the front end to be more successful 
down the road so that we are able to cut on a higher amount of calories like that client I was talking about that was able to cut on 1900 to 2100 calories Mm -hmm. so so that's where the term like reversing reverse dieting reverse dieting right comes from yep Yep. So reverse dieting, that's nine times out of 10 where we start most clients off with. Um, What does that say, you know, like about how much people are under eating? Oh my gosh. I would say probably again, nine times out of 10 clients are coming to us under eating. Yeah. Um, Every once in a while we get like an outlier and I'm like, thank you. You're eating enough food. Yay. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we're starting with the reverse diet most of the time. And it's slowly and steadily, like week by week, increasing calories to find that like set maintenance point. Mm -hmm. And the few things could happen, right? So like either the client's going to see weight loss still or fat loss still because they're still technically in a calorie deficit Mm -hmm. um, or they are maintaining their weight, eating more calories, they're feeling better, they're doing better and they're like, wow. I can like push harder in my workouts. I'm not waking up in the middle of the night. I can chase my kids around and I have energy. It's the little things. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Okay, I have a question. Go for it. How do you find your maintenance calories? Maintenance calories. So without like a coach or someone. Like how do you help someone find their maintenance calories? Okay, so someone coming to us, part of our intake process includes a three to seven day food log. So I'm looking at their three to seven day food log, I take the averages of their calories, um, other macros, protein, carbs, fats. I have a general idea of how much they're currently eating to maintain whatever weight they're at. Mm. From there, we take whatever calculations that we have Mm -hmm. that would give us their maintenance calories to kind of compare Mm -hmm. um, and determine, okay, Is this roughly similar? Is this the same number? Um, Are we severely under eating? Are we overeating? And just kind of adjust from there. Okay. Like, how do you know when someone's at maintenance? So if they are maintaining their weight Mm -hmm. for weeks at a time, um, weight's going to fluctuate naturally, like one to five pounds um, throughout the day even sometimes. But if our weekly average weight is staying roughly the same, we know we're at our maintenance. Okay. Yeah. I was just wondering like, how long do you have to be, how long do you have to like test before, you know, especially if someone's coming to you to like gain weight, Mm -hmm. like, Oh, 2,500 calories. Like you're still maintaining 26. You're still maintaining. Like what's the breakthrough point? And when are you finally like, okay, this is like, I know it's a range probably, yeah. but like, this is the amount of calories that like your body at your current activity level requires. Right. A lot of that's trial and error. Okay. So like as weeks go on, we usually don't make adjustments every week okay. unless needed. So like if someone's coming to us and they're like, man, I feel like crap. I have no energy. Maybe we'll make weekly adjustments to get their calories up. But if we're maybe like progress is stalled for a week, we're not seeing the changes that we want. Usually we're like, okay, hold tight. Let's see Mm -hmm. if it's the same the following week. Mm -hmm. If so, we'll make an adjustment. But we definitely like to see like one to two weeks of consistency before we make any adjustments. Okay. Yeah. And what happens if you're eating less than like that number that your body needs to survive? Um, It depends on the person, but usually 
Um, you're probably going to have really depleted energy levels. Um, and a lot of the time people don't even know how good they can actually feel until they start eating more because they've either been under eating for so long or restricting for so long that they've just accepted that I'm supposed to feel like blah all the time. I just feel like shit all the time. Yeah. It's just me. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, not having energy, um, waking up multiple times in the middle of the night, like not being able to push hard in workouts or hitting plateaus. Um, those are all things that could occur. If you're a female and you've been under eating for a while, we can see loss of menstrual cycle, low libido, um, in men, things like that. So, so it's just like body is not functioning on all cylinders. It's not thriving. It is not thriving. Well, it's, it's just trying to survive at that point. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So you talked about like a lot of people come to you and you, your first step is just reversing them. Mm-hmm. How does that conversation go? How do you convince someone like, Hey, you came to me for weight loss. How we're going to do that is actually you're going to eat more. Right. Um, that's always a very tough conversation yeah. to have. <laughs> you're probably really good at it at this point, though, because you're just doing it all the time. Right. Um, and a lot of it's very mindset-driven. What we do is very mindset-driven. Um, so educating the client, again, on this is the long-term goal. Weight loss is the goal, right? In order to get here, we have to get your body to a point that we can cut on a sustainable amount of calories Because, again, if we were to cut on that, like, 1,400-calorie mark that you came in with, you're going to be eating, let's say, like, 1,100, 1,200 calories. You're going to feel miserable. You're not going to be able to, like, do things that you want to do outside of the gym, inside of the gym. So we're putting in the work on the front end in order to be more successful long-term with the cut. Now, the conversation doesn't always go well right off the bat. Um, but a lot of the times clients that are coming to us have been following us on social media for a while. They kind of know the content that we put out. We market that this is a long-term process. Mm -hmm. It's not something we're not guarantee guaranteeing you results immediately. Um, we're very habits based, habits driven, Mm -hmm. and we're in it for the long game. So a lot of the time clients already kind of know up front, like, Hey, I might feel really uncomfortable right now. But I'm going to trust the process. Mm -hmm. I'm going to listen to what you're saying. I'm going to do what you're saying. Um, And nine times out of ten, that usually does the trick. Yeah, for sure. Like, they're bought in. Exactly. Yeah. I also think what you said about, like, the messaging. Like, people kind of expect it. They know your brand. They know what you're about. Like, it's the accountability thing that we talked about in the beginning. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I need to eat more. I just don't really know how. Yes. you, You want, like, someone guiding you through that. What do you feel like are, like, what are the biggest benefits of having a coach? I think the accountability piece for sure. And then just like having someone validate that what you're doing is correct. Like, like you were saying, you know, I need to eat. I know I need to eat more food. I just don't know like how or like, is that the right thing? How much of what? Like, what am I doing right? What do I need to implement? Um, Where can I add? Where can I take away? Things like that. So definitely the validation and then accountability and just having someone in your corner to really like push and check in on you. I tell clients, we tell clients all the time that we might annoy them. Like if they don't check in with us, we're like, Hey, I'm going to bother you. How are you? Where are you at? Like what's going on? 
Um, and I think a lot of the time that just means more to clients and they're more motivated to get after their goals, knowing that they have someone, um, checking in on them. Yeah. Like someone is wanting your feedback. Oh, absolutely. And like, probably like we want you to achieve your goals just as much, if not more than you do yeah. too. Yeah. I mean, like, cause you have a relationship with them at that point. It's not just like, oh, this is what you want. Here's your meal plan. Like, see you later. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's always a good one. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, sometimes clients come in with that expectation too. Like if we just get someone that found us on mm-hmm. online, on the internet, they're like, oh, like the coach that I've had in the past just like gave me this meal plan. I was like, sayonara, peace out. Sayonara. Have luck fun. With your macros. Hope you bought a scale. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it's like, there's no adjustments, like no accountability piece, no way of like figuring out like, am I doing this right? And they just kind of feel like lost in the sauce and it turns a lot of people off. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely a different experience. They're pleasantly surprised at what nutrition coaching can look like. Like, so. oh, this is what nutrition coaching is supposed to be like. Right, right. Yeah, versus just like a Google sheet with the things that you have to eat. And, you know, that might work really well for some people. Some people might thrive in that kind of situation. But, I mean, most people um, we've found in our professional experience thrive more with the accountability, making those adjustments with the added education and things like that. Yeah, like, okay, so most people... Most people come to you for, like, body recomp, Mm -hmm. right? What are the outcomes that people get that they, like, they didn't expect? Mm. Good one. So they, like, sometimes we'll have people come to us with this, like, goal weight Mm -hmm. in mind. They're like, I want to be X amount of pounds. I'm going to be happy when I am, when I see this number on the scale. Mm -hmm. And that can look different for a lot of people, right? That number looks different. So I always ask people, if we were to see that number, if you were to wake up tomorrow, see that number on the scale, but you looked in the mirror and you looked exactly the same, like, would you feel like you achieve your goal? Would you be happy with the body that you have? And they're like, no. So I'm like, okay, so we want to experience body recomp. Like you want to look better. They're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, the scale might not be the best tool to use to track progress towards that goal because the scale is going to fluctuate so much. Some clients can be really unbiased with the scale, but some clients need that like, okay, how I'm fitting in my clothes, Mm -hmm. progress pictures, just how am I feeling overall um, to be the way that they measure progress. So most people are coming to you saying that they want to lose weight. Mm -hmm. What's like the the deepest, darkest desire. Like, what what do people actually really want? Like, why do they want to lose weight? Why do they want a body recomp? Mm. I think sometimes we equate, like, losing weight with happiness or, like, being happy. Mm -hmm. Um, Those people with abs, they're happy. Right, right. (laughs) You have abs, too. Otherwise, you wouldn't be standing up right now. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Um, So, yeah, I think just working through those mindset barriers and really getting to, like, the why so like is your why because you want to lose weight or is your why behind changing your nutrition habits because you want to live longer and see your kids have grandkids or maybe your why is because you want to move better when you're 80 years old you want to be able to like walk up and down the street comfortably without like a walker 
or something That'd like be that. Great. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so just really getting to like the root cause of why it is they're doing what they're doing um, can sometimes help make that shift. Yeah, I like what you said about like if you look at the scale. And it's changed. It's that number that you have in your head, but you still, like, look and feel the same. Because I think that it sounds like it helps them understand that the scale is not the measure of success. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people really think, like, I think a lot of people kind of grew up with scales in their bathrooms. And they're, like, every day, like, checking the scale. Mm -hmm. What are we checking for? It's like, we're checking the scale. Like, we check the weather. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And it's, like... You could be having, like, the best morning. You could be feeling great. Like, oh, man, I woke up today. Like, I feel really good. I'm fitting really great in my clothes. I'm going to get on the scale. I step on the scale. Oh, crap. I see a number that I was not expecting to see. Now the rest of my day is ruined because I feel like crap based on the number that I just saw. Mm-hmm. So with some clients that can look at the scale objectively, we'll use it as a way to measure progress. But if we can get clients using something else, like another non-scale yeah. victory or non-scale way to track progress, we typically prefer to go that route for sure. Yeah. What do you feel like most people are missing with their nutrition? I think maybe it's not what they're missing. Um or yes, I guess maybe it's what they're missing, but it's usually people think, what can I take away? So like, this food is my problem. I eat too much of this. I just need to stop eating this and then all my problems will be solved. When it's really, okay, what can we add? Mm. So like the lack of protein, lack of protein intake. That's a big issue that we see a lot with people. Um, Little to no fruits and veggies. If we can add those things around the other things that you're having, other foods that you're having throughout the day, um, that usually lends itself to better results versus saying, oh, no, you can't have the soda. Oh, no, you can't have the cookies. Mm -hmm. Like, none of that. Let's have a glass of water before you have the soda. Like, Let's have a balanced meal before you have the cookies. You can still have it. You still have the option to have it, but let's do this first. Let's have this first and then assess how you feel. Hmm. So more of like, it's, it's almost like the, how can you thrive? Yeah. Like what can we add that you're not getting mm-hmm. versus what can we take away? And then eventually they just aren't eating anything. Exactly. Yep. Like we're just really afraid of food. It sounds like. Yes, I think there's a very, like, fearful mindset around certain types of food. Like, X food's going to make me fat. Sugar's going to make me fat. Oh, wow. Additives are going to make yeah. me fat. Oh, I'm going to get fat. Like, a week of not working out. Well, I don't want to be fat. I'm like, oh, my God, do you think that your weight, like, fluctuates that aggressively? Exactly. One, it's like, what does that actually mean and look like, too? So, like... Fat usually is a feeling. Like, people will say, I feel fat. And I'm like, okay, what, why? Like, what makes you feel fat, mm-hmm. you know? Like, let's define what that actually means. And then they're like, oh, okay. Like, maybe I just don't feel like the best self, my best yeah. self right now. Um, what can I do in order to make myself feel better today? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what if... You know, a lot of times, like, people go on vacation and they're like, oh, like, I feel so fat. Like, what if you told your best friend that? 
Mm-hmm. What if I was like, Ashley, like, after that vacation, like, you're feeling pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Like, that's horrible. Mm-hmm. And you would never say that because guess what? You're not noticing a difference. Absolutely. And I always tell people, too, like, if they have pets because I have three dogs. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> would you be as mean to your pets as you are yourself right now? Like, would you talk to them the way you're talking to yourself? <laughs> and they're like, no, like, he's yeah. perfect or she's exactly, perfect. I'm like, yeah. exactly, exactly. Like, that's how I feel talking to you right now, right? Um, so that's usually, like, a good way to kind of break that negative self-talk yeah. loop and just, like, that negative mindset. So how do you talk to your pets? <laughs> oh, my God. That's my, what I care about. My voice. If I were to use oh, the voice that I use yeah. with my pets right now, people would be like, ugh, turn this off She's right so now. Like, yes. we all do it. Oh, my like, gosh. Like, I yeah. walk in, I'm like, hey, Elliot. And I'm like, hello, how are we doing? I'm oh, like, I'm just impressed that you say hi to Elliot first. I say hi to the dogs Yeah, first. <laughs> it depends. He definitely doesn't give me, like, the welcome that they do. Mm-hmm. But we, um, so we have Marco and Stella, and they're both, like, medium-sized dogs. To some people, they're big dogs. Yes. And we call Stella. She's a big lady. Because she's oh. just a big lady. And, yes. Like, she's just, but that's never a bad thing. Like, yeah. calling her a big lady, like, we want her to be a big lady. And then Marco, we joke, like, sometimes he looks like a big dog, and sometimes he looks like a small dog. Small dog, So yeah. when we're, like, making fun of him, we're like, you're a small, small dog, dog. <laughs> I'm like, Marco, you're a big dog today. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I think I like what you said about how your dog being a big dog isn't a bad thing. I yeah. think the word big for women mm-hmm. um, gets, like, a negative, like, yeah. stereotype, right? Um, and like being big looks different, like to different people. Right. So like being big and strong, right. Mm-hmm. Like having defined muscles and like being able to like lift things up, like move things well in the gym that can be looking big for some people. So mm-hmm. I think verbiage is really important. Like whenever we're talking to clients, that's something that we really focus on is like, okay, like breaking down when you say I feel big or I look big, what mm-hmm. does that mean? And, like, why is it a bad thing? Mm -hmm. Like, we associate big with either good or bad. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, starting to strip away the association that we give, like, so many of these words. Exactly. Because there's some gray area, right? There's a little bit of gray. It doesn't have to be, like, black, white, good, bad, clean, unclean. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm eating clean. Like, oh, I'm eating good. Like, oh, no, I'm eating... I ate bad last night. Like... Why? How was it bad? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm like, did you eat spoiled food? Like your food was like bad. It went bad. Yeah, yeah. No, like there are no good versus bad foods. I mean, unless you're like allergic to something yeah. or like it's legit spoiled bad. Um, removing like that label is something that we work with clients a mm-hmm. lot to just to get out of that. Like, okay what does that label actually mean? Why does that label exist? And like, how can Mm. we fit foods that would be traditionally labeled as bad into your plan, your routine and still get results? So question, why does that label even exist? Yes. Because oftentimes the foods that we label as bad are the ones that we enjoy the most. Mm -hmm. Like you wouldn't eat it if it was bad. The chicken that's been sitting in my fridge for three weeks, like it's gone bad, Elliot. You should throw it out. He's convinced chicken lasts a lot longer than it does. Right. But, like, the cookies that I'm eating are good. Mm-hmm. They're not bad. Yeah. Otherwise, I would not be eating them. And it's in, like, what context, too? So, are, like, the cookies the only thing that you're eating throughout the day? Yes, of course. Every day. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> the crumble cookies in yes. our life. You said that right? they're fuel. So, like, yes. breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yes. 
Um, but, like, if we're including those at the end of a day, like, we've met our protein requirements. Mm-hmm. We've gotten in a decent amount of fruits and veggies. Um, we've prioritized pre-post-workout meals. If I want a cookie at the end of the day, mm-hmm. I'm going to have a cookie. And that's okay. Cookie. Yeah. Yeah. What do you feel like allowed you to have more food freedom? Lots and lots of mistakes and lots of restricting and binging. Um, Just because I really had to hit rock bottom in order to Mm. assess, like, okay, what do I want? Like, am I okay feeling this way? Am I okay looking this way but feeling this way? Not being able to go out and have things that I want and experience the freedom that I see other people having that I want but I don't know how to obtain. So I think... Being in that place where, that really desperate place where I needed to make a change and allowing myself just a little bit of freedom at a time. So like for me, that looked like including one treat, what Mm -hmm. I would label as a treat Mm -hmm. per day. Um, Maybe that was like some ice cream. I started with Halo Top because I was Mm. freaked out by regular ice cream. It's a great gateway drug. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Started with Halo Top. Mm -hmm. Then it was like... Ben and Jerry's mm. every night. A little bit, right? Yeah, the little, like, small one. Exactly. Yeah. And now it's crumble cookies exactly. every once in a while. Yeah. And I think being able to learn how to incorporate those things mm-hmm. little by little definitely gave me the sense of, like, freedom and, oh, I can, like, have my cake and eat it too. Like, mm-hmm. I can still perform, like, how I want to in the gym, but I can also have cookies and ice cream mm-hmm. and things that I thought were, quote, bad. Yeah, you're not afraid of it anymore. Exactly, yeah. Like, the worst feeling is, like, wanting to eat something so bad, but being afraid of it. Mm. So it's like, you're just, like, there's just this, like, cognitive dissonance of, like, oh, this is going to destroy me. Oh, but, like, I really want it. Like, and then most of the time you just eat it anyway. Well, yeah, and in our experience, telling someone or even telling yourself, I cannot have Mm. this. I am not allowed to have this. Um, We only have so much bandwidth for saying no to ourselves when it comes to something like Mm -hmm. that. So it's going to get to a point, maybe you've said no the past four days, but by the time Friday rolls around, you're like, I am starving. These cookies have been sitting on my countertop for four days. I cannot say no anymore. So then we have the whole box of cookies versus just having one cookie, Yeah. right? Um, so being able to incorporate freedoms in moderation, like as clients feel good is mm-hmm. a big piece of the puzzle too. Mm-hmm. What, I know it's very dependent on the person, but mm-hmm. like, what would you give, what would you tell someone like your biggest piece of advice, like biggest game changer for a lot of clients? Mm-hmm. Mm, that's a really good one. Um, I think trust yourself. I think a lot of the time we come from a place of like, again, being fearful of our, like making the wrong decision, being fearful of food, um, trusting yourself, trusting your coach, trusting that like your coach has your best interests at heart. Um, I can't speak for other companies, but at least with clarity, (laughs) we do. Um, but yeah, I think just being able to find like, okay, I'm doing the right thing. Yes, like this feels really good. Um, but I'm also being like aware and conscious of what and how much I'm eating, if that makes sense. Yeah, I feel like that's it sounds similar to like the intuitive eating concept. Right. Of like 
sometimes eating what makes you feel good is the cookie. Sometimes eating what makes you feel good is the well-balanced meal with a carb and a fat and a protein. Mm-hmm. Like, I think sometimes when you tell people, like, oh, just, like, eat how you feel, they're like, oh, well, I'm going to have pizza all the time. But, like, yeah. you actually wouldn't. Like, right. try four days of eating pizza. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to be like, wow, I want some vegetables and, like, fruit and water. Right. When people think, like, oh, I want to eat intuitively, like, that sounds so nice. But, like, we have to remember that, like, being aware of what and how much we're eating is a prerequisite to intuitive eating. Because, like you just said, if it was just up to us, we would just eat. Intuitive eating would look like pizza and cookies all the time, right? (laughs) Or, like, not eating a lot. Or not eating a lot. Yeah. Exactly. So, that's something that... As we have clients that are transitioning to, like, venture out on their Mm -hmm. own, we work with them on, like, okay, how can we back off from tracking a little bit and incorporate some of these, like, free days or more intuitive days Mm -hmm. so that you practice your nutrition habits without actually tracking? Because Mm -hmm. they've been working with us for so long, they know what the right amount of food for them looks Mm -hmm. like based on their goals. Yeah, that's a great point. Like, the days that I maybe don't have as much structure or, like, I'm not tracking are the days that I get to the end of it and I either, like, don't feel good or I'm really, really hungry. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, let me just see what I actually ate today. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, normally, like, I have eaten so much more by now. So, like, I know a lot of people are kind of – could go either way with tracking, but, like, I feel like it just helps me make sure I'm eating enough. Yeah. Well, and I mean, even when clients are signing up with us right from the get-go, we teach them to incorporate those free days or non-tracking days um, right off the bat. That way they have a little bit more freedom certain days and they're not feeling like they have to track all the time. Of course, it depends on their goals and like how like strict they want to be with those goals. Um, But even in our like coaching platform and just kind of how we work with clients, we don't really do like set macros and calorie targets anymore. Um, we work more with ranges mm-hmm. so that clients have a little bit more flexibility, even clients that are cutting, um, especially with clients that are maintaining. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that looks like having a full macro prescription with ranges. Sometimes it looks like just having a protein target range and a calorie target range. Um, but our mindset and our idea behind working with each client is we want to make the smallest amount of change possible while still listing results. Like if we can still get the same result, just having a calorie and a protein Mm -hmm. target, you only have to track two things. Why would we have a carbon fat target if it's going to be more stressful for you? Yeah. Like talk about food freedom. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, carbs and fats are pretty flexible anyway, unless you have super set performance goals. Um, but, yeah, I mean, some people prefer more carbs to fats, mm-hmm. and it just allows people to be more flexible and have more freedom there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What's the biggest myth that you're fighting against every day? Hmm. Mm. I think the idea that, like, lifting makes you bulky or, like, eating more food is going to automatically cause weight gain. Yeah. Um, just being fearful of that for sure. And what is the process like to like get started with you? What does that initial look like? And then how Mm -hmm. would people, how do people find you and contact you? Yeah. So our intake process, um, looks like a Google sheet. Well, first the client will reach out to us or incoming client will reach Mm -hmm. out. 
Um, we like to do a 30-minute consultation call with them um, just to see if we'd be a good fit. Um, we can get a good idea as to what their goals are, kind of um, what the clients like first. And then if we decide it's a good fit, um, we send them over an intake form, which gets us like all of the information that we need to get them a starting prescription, whether that be macros, ranges, portions, anything like that. Um, and then we do a three to seven day food log as well, again, so that we can kind of assess habits, what and how much they're eating and make adjustments from there. Um, and then we start the weekly check-ins and accountability, make adjustments if needed. That is through our website. If anyone's okay. interested in coaching um, or our services, they can go to www.clarity.com. I'll put it in which the show is, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a weird spelling. Um, and yeah, you can find me on social media at ashley.claritynutrition. Um, Claire.claritynutrition. And then our newest coach, Coach yeah. Mason. Mason.ClarityNutrition. We also have a main Clarity page, which is just Clarity Nutrition. Oh, nice. Yeah, you didn't make that change recently. Yes. Okay, last question. It's your last meal. What are you having? Oh, gosh. It's got to be the oatmeal and crumble cookies. Really? The yes. oatmeal? It's the my favorite. Oats. It's my favorite. Like, I eat it every single you day. You like your breakfast that much. That's pretty great. I have breakfast, like, two breakfasts yeah. every day. Yeah. So, last meal on earth. Yep. Oatmeal and crumble cookies. Which cookie? If you could pick. The cookies and cream. Okay. For sure. Oh, sure. Absolutely. I would be like bathing in a bathtub of the classic pink sugar cookies. And I would have yes. like a bottle of rosé in my right hand and like gin and tonics <laughs> in my left hand. I love that. <laughs> like actually I'm doing that tonight. So. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Go. I'll get it. I wouldn't be able to function tomorrow. You'd be fine. Yeah. Some recovery. Thank you so much, Ashley. This has been awesome. Thank you so much, Hannah. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Head on over to Instagram. Find us at Healthy Charleston. Leave us a review on iTunes. If you ever have any topics you want us to talk about or guests you want to bring on, feel free to DM us. Otherwise, Thanks again.